You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Rita. Now, I'm not going to be long this morning, and all the people said... Oh, that was pitiful. It was absolutely pitiful. What if I told you I was going to be two hours? I'm not going to be long this morning. Okay, I'm going to give to you this morning, I'm going to stick pretty close to my notes, at the risk of sounding like pastor, I'm going to try to teach this morning. Usually I try and then I shoot into preaching somewhere, okay? But I'm going to dive right into it and give to you what the Lord has given to me. In Acts... Fire, 246. In the King James Version, it says, and they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. The New Living Translation of that verse says, they worshiped together at the temple each day and they met in one another's homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and great generosity. Mark 2.1 says, and again, he entered into Capernaum after some days and it was noised that he was in the house. Somebody say noise. Noise. Say it again. Let's make some noise for Jesus this morning. Make some noise for Jesus this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Make some noise. Jesus is a noisy fella himself, you know. He likes noise, okay? And it says, and straightway, Mark liked that word, straightway. Many gathered together in so much that there was no room. Wouldn't you like to come to Jewel City this morning and there would be no room? A couple of my life group readers says, Rita, we may have a problem come Sunday morning because we are at capacity. Our house is full. I said, what a great problem. Call me with all kinds of problems like this. I said, you go ahead and let people sign up anyway, and I'll take care of the problem. Okay, it says that in Capernaum, this house was full. No, not so much as about the door. One person couldn't get in. There was probably not room for one little kitty cat that wakes you up at 3.13 in the morning. There's not room for one little puppy dog. There was no room. Every gate, every orus of the house was filled with people because Jesus was in the house. Aren't you glad? I believe Jesus is in the house this morning. I believe he's here this morning. Uh, Just like it said, I've seen cancer healed. Uh, I've seen depressed people brought out of their depression. We see things. Jesus is in the house. And I can verify for a fact that when you go to these home group meetings, when you go to the life groups, that Jesus is in the homes as well. Every home that I've been to, I've visited most on, not all of them. I'm trying to get around to them, but I visit most of the life groups and I've seen tears. I've seen laughter. I've seen good food. I've seen things take place. But the title of my sermon today is this, Jesus Still Makes House Calls. Now, probably not everyone in here is old enough to remember, George, They're not old enough to remember that doctors used to make house calls. Anybody remember when doctors used to make house calls? I can remember my grandparents talking about 
old Doc Coffindaffer. How he used to bring his little black bag to your house and, and he could diagnose anything. I can remember old Dr. Mills. How many of you remember Lawrence Mills? I worked for him for a while. Old Dr. Mills, he had come, you know, Dr. Mills now, he, I mean, he could deliver a baby. He could set your broken bone. He could stitch up. Now you need three people to deliver a baby and two people to diagnose that you need stitch and three more to stitch it up after the HMO approves you. It's all been so complicated. But, you know, Jesus made house calls when he was here on planet Earth, and Jesus still makes house calls today. He will show up at your house. He's in my house, and isn't it funny? When I left my house, Jesus was there. And when I got to church this morning, he was here, and he didn't even leave my house. Jehovah Shammah, he is everywhere. Jesus is everywhere, okay? Flash from the past. Jesus is in the house, okay? Um, now, I love a noisy house, okay? I, I just love noise. I got a noise machine at home when I sleep. Okay, uh, and so I, I, I like, and if the noise machine isn't on, I leave the TV on all night long. I love noise, and a lot of times you'll see someone sitting with me over here. He just comes once in a while because he lives in Ohio, and he has a church of his own, but he comes in with a cane. He's suffering from MS, and the Lord is working on that, but he sits over here with me, and when he comes in, that was my best friend of many, 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 many years. That was one of her three sons, and when he comes in, he sits right over there, and then we invite his brothers down and I knew each son individually. I know the meal they like, the cake they like and everything. So when the sons come in, I make their meals and I make their cakes and they come in and they bring their children and their grandchildren and my house is noisy. I love a noisy house. You know, noise is a sign of life. Do you know that? Noise is life. Have you ever been to any quiet churches? I have. Remember when pastor said, well, somebody took one of his granddaughters or something to another church and she was sitting there and she looked over and she says, Pap, who died? You know, I mean, you know, it's so quiet, you know, and so forth. So I love a noisy house. I can remember when my sister and I uh, were uh, thinking about moving. I lived, I had a, I loved my home in Northview. I loved living over in Northview. I was the last house in the city limits. There was woods beside me, woods behind me. I had a big log cabin room. I loved living in Northview. Myra lived over in Staley. She had a big, nice house. And when we thought about moving down here, uh, she said, maybe we could pull our money and you sell your house I'll sell mine we'll pull our money and move down to Mosby Cove and I said we're going to live together she said oh, I ain't living with you <laughs> she said you're my sister and I love you but you're too noisy she said your music is too loud you crank that music up and I can't tell you how many times when we first moved down here I heard turn it down and I said if it's too loud you're too old but she said, you're too noisy and you get up too early. You stay up too late. She said, I will do, it will be a miracle if I can live beside you. Okay, and I get more company. I get company coming and going. I, I love people. I love company. When I lived at Northview, oftentimes, you know, I was by myself. I lived by myself. I would just want to stick my head out the window and say, hey, you, what's your name? Would you like to come in for a cup of coffee? You know, I just love company and I love noise, okay? But noise is a sign of life. And how many of you know that noise is a weapon? 
Do you know that over in Africa, I have talked with people that says that a lot of times what they do, if they feel evil spirits in certain parts of the darkest parts of Africa, they clap their hands to war away evil spirits. So when we make noise, okay, I got down here, you know, that God is a noisemaker. The Israelites, when they went to battle, were often told to make noise. Make some noise. Okay, ask Joshua. Noise brought the walls of Jericho down. You got any walls you need to be break down? Okay, then start making some noise. Start rejoicing. I'm telling you, sometimes in my kitchen, I just put the music on. I just love singing to the music, and I'll just go around and around and around my table. I'll just go around that table till I get a little dizzy. I'll stop and get my balance and keep on going around. Nobody there but me. And then all of a sudden, I just feel like I'd like to turn loose and do it here Jewel City, but I don't have the nerve just yet. Believe it or not, there's something I'm afraid to do. I would just like to just twirl all over this place, like David. I would just like to twirl up and down the aisles, not to draw attention to myself, but to draw attention to him. And I want to make some noise. I want to dance. I want to do everything I can to lift up Jesus Christ and to bring Christ into the house. He's already in the house. Ask Gideon. Gideon said, yo, Lord, throw that instruction down again. What did you want me to do. You want me, when you give me the cue, you want me to blow the trumpets and you want me to take these pitchers and break them against one another? Uh, 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 You know, uh, so, and Gideon said, okay, Lord, that's what I'll do. So they were in battle and all of a sudden when God gave Gideon the cue, he blew the trumpets and they broke pitchers, broke empty pitchers and what happened? The enemy said, what on earth is that? And the enemy got so confused that they turned their swords one on the other and the enemy killed one another And Gideon and his army just had to sit back and watch. Oh, they did have to go in and take the spoil. I'm telling you, when we obey God and when we make some noise, I'm telling you, eternity is going to be a noisy place. So let me tell you, if you're one of those quiet people that says, oh, I'm shy and I'm very quiet and I don't like noise and don't ask me to speak, you better get yourself a whole bunch of nerve pills and you better do something. You better have some kind of a plan because eternity is going to be noise. I tell you, when I make it to heaven and I see everything that I'm going to see up there and I see everybody that I'm going to see up there, I'm going to make some noise. The Bible says they'll be shouting on the hills of glory. We're going to make some noise. We're going to see people. Oh, what a reunion day. And the Bible says that hell will be a noisy place. There will be weeping and groaning and gnashing of teeth. And I believe there's going to be a lot of uh, uh, prayer meetings in hell. God, one more chance. God, one more chance to be separated eternally from God. I'm telling you, I like noise. I love noise. Children don't bother me. Uh, When I get to hear all of these animals barking and so forth, they don't bother me. It's a sign of life. After both of my parents, I lost them within a year of one another. After they both passed away, I would drive out to Floral Hills at night and I would sit by their graves. I was conscious of the time because I didn't want them to shut the gate and lock me in the graveyard for the night because at dusk, they'll lock the graveyard. But I can remember sitting there and 
And there, believe me, there was no noise at Floral Hills. There's no noise in the graveyard because those people are dead. I believe they're making noise all right, and they're making noise somewhere. They're making noise either in Paradise or Sheol Hades, but there's no noise at Floral Hills. And so noise is just a sound of life. What is noise? I defined that for you. It's a sound, one that is loud or perhaps unpleasant, one that can cause disturbance. That's my sister. <laughs> she can tell you about noise. I remember one time, and I think I shared this before. I see Adam over there. I was trying to learn a certain run that I would hear Adam make on the, on the piano. I loved that run. It was uh, uh, down uh, on my knees, that song there that pastor sings often, you know, and I thought, I gotta learn that, I gotta learn that run. And I was trying to think, well, finally, I got the run, but I practiced and practiced, and my sister came over and she said, I'll be glad when you learn what you're trying to learn. You are driving me crazy. And so, but I said, hey, listen to this. And I can't even walk without you holding my hand. I can do that run, Adam. I can do the run, thanks to you. Okay. So noise, it can be an unpleasant sound. And listen to this. The praises of God's people can cause a disturbance in the atmosphere of darkness. Let me read that again. The praises of God's people can cause a disturbance in the atmosphere of darkness. Uh, you want to give the devil a headache? Make some noise. Praise the Savior of the universe. Let's make some noise. Let's let hell know that God's people are alive and well on planet Earth. And the Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. He didn't say, all of you that are loud, make a noise. He said, you quiet ones, burp out something. I got some friends, and I was out with one of them the other night for supper. And I said, let's do something exciting this evening. She says, what's exciting? I said, you know, let's do it. You name it. You name it. We'll, we'll do something exciting. She says, I don't know. She said, I said, let's have some fun. She said, I don't know how to have some fun. I said, hang with me. I can show you how to have some fun. I can show you 10 different ways to eat a hamburger. Hound, hang with me. I can show you a good time. Okay, I'm telling you, noise. And I said to her, I said, you know, you need to once in a while, you know, I worked in a hospital for many years. I've seen flat lines. Some people have a flat line. And I want to look at him and say, boo. I want to look at him and say, just make a bleep on that EKG. Bleep, bleep. A lot of people live their entire life with a flat line. Life's exciting. Oh, it has its ups and downs. I've had bad days. I want to tell you, I can take you over to Acts once again, chapter 16. Two guys had just been beaten. They were bleeding. You know them, Paul and Silas and that. I'm not going to stay there. That's not my message. But Paul and Silas, they were sitting in jail. They couldn't even put their backs back against the wall. Maybe blood was running down their thighs and down the side of their leg. It was midnight. They could hardly even wiggle their fingers in front of them. And the smell of the prison. And boy, they had been beaten and they were hungry and they were cold down there underneath the Roman streets. And all of a sudden, Silas says, oh man, it's been some day. It's been some day. And all of a sudden, he could see Paul's foot begin to pat and pat. And Paul says, oh, I feel a little tune coming on. I feel a little song in my spirit. And Silas says, come again. What'd you say? He said, let's sing. Paul, it's midnight. Paul, I'm bleeding. Paul, I'm hungry. Paul, it's cold. Like here sometimes. It's cold. You know, can, you know. and he said, let's sing. And at midnight, Paul tells us that 
Paul and Silas began to sing praises, and guess what? They began to make some noise. And at midnight, jailhouse doors open. Talk about a jailhouse rock. I'm telling you, Elvis would have fun with that. A jailhouse rock, I mean prison doors opened and all of the chains broke loose and the guards come in and he drew out his sword and Paul said, don't do yourself any harm. We're all here. You're okay. But he made some noise. Okay, Mark said it was noise when he was in the house. Let me give you a brief synopsis and I'm not going to be much longer. I'm aware of the time, okay? The home groups and the life groups, okay? Why? Miracle number one, when Jesus was in somebody's house at a wedding, he went to somebody's house. It was noisy in the house. There, don't you just love Jewish music? More often than not, it's in a minor key. I love it. And I love to see the Jewish people do their dances, okay? It was noisy. There was music. There was celebration. There was chatter. There was Jewish dancing. And he began his ministry prematurely a little, thanks to Mama, okay, in somebody's house. Something miraculous happened. I can just see Jesus. I was excited about this message this morning. It's down here. And I told my sister, I said, I can just see maybe Jesus' toes got a little street dust in between him and his sandals. I can see him as the music is playing at that wedding, him patting his foot and maybe he looked over to the bride and said, can I get swing you around the floor a time or two? I'm telling you, Jesus doesn't have any flat lines. Boom, 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 boom. Jesus is life. Jesus is full of noise, okay? And can you see him as he's dancing, twirling the bride around the floor, but he turned the water that day into wine. You know why? Jesus is a partier. Jesus is a party man. I love parties. You know, according to the study that I do, 13% of the people in the world like parties. 13%? Well, I'm part of that 13. If you need a party or have a party, I'm on the prayer and fellowship list. Give me a ring. I'll come. I'll bring some entertainment. I'll do what I need to do to bring some life to the party. If you have certain people in the party, they're looking, I'm just here because my wife made me come. Oh, don't call on me. I can't do anything. I can't sing happy birthday. But all of a sudden... Here comes the sanguine. Here comes the eye temperament. I just come to bring some life to this party. You see, when they ran out of wine, what did Jesus do? He turned water to wine just to keep the party going. Just to keep the party going. He said, let's have some wine. And they said it was the best. That was the first miracle. And where did it happen? Not the synagogue. Not the temple. It happened in somebody's house. Okay, number two, the calling of the first disciple. Now, I want you to get this in your spirit. I promise I won't be much longer. I'm getting a point here, okay? He's, he calls, he goes by the tax place, kind of like going to the Department of Motor Vehicles. Okay, he goes by the tax place, and he says to Matthew, I mean, Matthew's sitting at a tax booth. Nobody liked the tax collectors. Nobody liked him. They were some of the most hated people in town. And he said, Matthew. Matthew said, ooh, this dude knows my name. He said, follow me. Now, that's a miracle and a sermon in itself. If someone said to me, Rita, follow me. Yeah. He was young and good looking, had some money. I wouldn't ask any questions either. But anyway, Matthew is sitting there. And he says, this man knows my name. And he says, follow me. And Matthew just gets up and follows him. He don't even know who he is, really. 
And then he looks at him and he said, sir, where are we going? I like what Jesus said. Jesus said, I don't know. Where you live? I'm going to your house. Matthew didn't have a cell phone. He couldn't call Mrs. Matthew and say, I'm bringing company. I don't even know who this guy is. But put on some extra soup, beans, and cornbread because I'm bringing somebody home for lunch. But he went to Matthew's house. And there they are eating. And people were looking in the window and saying, look, he's hanging with the tax collectors. He's hanging with that old, he's hanging with Matthew. Jesus looked at him and said, hey, they that are sick need the doctor. They that be well don't need a physician. This dude's sick. He needs me. Now, excuse me, pass the rolls. Okay, see, Jesus liked to eat too. And he was a noisemaker. He said, follow me. Okay, I could go on. Okay, Luke 19. Once again, he's at another tax booth. I think he's trying to clear up the IRS. Boy, he'd have a job today, wouldn't he? He'd have his hands full today. Only Jesus could do it. Okay, he looked. Here, here he is. He's going through Jericho. Jericho was a city that had been built under a curse. Jesus will walk right down the middle of your curse. That's another sermon. I won't go there. Okay, he gets in the middle of town and he looks up a sycamore tree. And he looks up at that tree. And in this branch, among all that good fruit, there was a piece of rotten fruit. And the people looked up at him and said, oh, there's another one of them tax collectors. Okay, and Jesus called him by name. He said, Zacchaeus, Come on down. And what was the next thing he said? I'm going to your house. I'm going to your house, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus said, good grief. What am I going to do with him at my house? I mean, you know. But anyway, I will just said to say that when he got to the home of Zacchaeus, there was conversation. There was food. And then it says when Jesus waved goodbye to Zacchaeus, you know what he said? Zacchaeus said, today has salvation come to my house. I stole $25 from this dude over here, but I'm going to give him back four times what I stole him, and I'm going to witness to him. I'm telling you, when Jesus comes to your house and he shows up, I've seen people saved in these life groups, haven't we, John? We've seen people saved and give their hearts to Jesus in life groups. We've seen the Holy Spirit come down. He went to Simon's house. Now, I just want you to picture Simon's house, okay? He goes to Simon's house. He was invited. I'd love to have seen the guest list that night. Oh, man, it would float my boat. The guest list at Simon's house. I want you to picture what that dining room looked like. I can see the plaster on the wall. I can kind of picture the flames as they're on the candlestick, as they, as they flicker against the walls, the pastor. And here is sits Simon. Now that's a miracle because Simon had just been healed of leprosy. You don't get healed of leprosy in biblical days. It killed you. Simon was just healed of leprosy. Okay. And to his right, there sat Lazarus. Lazarus had just been brought from the grave. He had been dead for four days. What a guest list. And to his left, there was Jesus. He's the one that turned the water to wine. He's the one cleaning up the corrupt tax system. There is Jesus. Okay, all of these things. What a night. What a night. But they went there. He was in somebody's house. And, and then this is what I felt like the Lord wanted me to say. The Lord has a sense of humor. Okay, all right. Mary and Martha. Okay, they lived in Bethany. Jesus is on his way to Bethany. Okay, he was going to go to the synagogue and teach. And I can just see them on their way to Bethany. Here's what I wrote. Judas, the money man, maybe, now maybe, I'm, I'm not adding to the scriptures, I'm using my imagination. Judas was the money man. He was the treasurer. I know Mike don't like us to spend too much money. 
we have to put why we spent it and where we spent it and initial it and everything. He keeps track of the money. We need somebody to keep track of the money because I don't. Okay, so Judas looked at Jesus and he said, hey, we're going to Bethany. He said, there's 13 of us. You want me to call ahead and make reservations? Uh, uh, somebody said the Marriott's a good place to stay. And then Judas said, no, we're not staying at the Marriott. We got to economize. How about the Motel 6? They'll leave the candles burning for us. Okay, so here they are. And Jesus said, I don't want no Marriott. I don't want no Motel 6. At Mar Martha, she's a good cook. <laughs> I'm going to marry Martha's house. I want to stay at somebody's house. I'm going to go to the house. You see, he didn't always hit the synagogues. He didn't always hit the temples. He didn't always hit the motels or the sleeping rooms of his day. He went to somebody's house. Now, I'm going to give you two points of interest here. Jesus, when he was in the grave, okay, how many of you know he visited hell? He went to hell. And I want to remind you that he went to hell. He saw the iron gates of hell. He shook the iron gates. He looked the devil eyeball to eyeball, and he reached out, and he snatched the keys away from Satan, the keys of death, hell, and the grave. So I'm here to tell you this morning, Bruce, that Satan does not even have the keys to his own house. So don't give him the keys to yours. Don't be the master of your home. Let Jesus rule your house. Okay, so Satan doesn't even have the keys to his own house. And I want to throw this in. Sodom and Gomorrah, we know they were um, uh, destroyed because of homosexuality. But that was not the only reason. Go ahead and Google it. I mean, you know that Google was a good place to go. Okay, Google will tell you that another reason among their list that they were destroyed was lack of hospitality, okay? So we need to be given to hospitality. Now, this is going to be your favorite point. How do I know? Because it's the point right before my conclusion. And the people said, you're supposed to make some noise, okay? One day in the book of Acts, fire, Jesus looked at a crowd around him and he said, hmm, I've been with you now for about three and a half years, but I'm going to blow this planet. I'm going home. But he said, don't, don't worry. I won't leave you comfortless. I am going to send a comforter. Used to, they called him, now we call him the Holy Spirit, which is good. He is the Holy Spirit. But when I was this big, they called him the Holy Ghost. I like the Holy Ghost too. Scare some people half to death. He said, I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send the Holy Ghost. And he says, he's going to endue you with power from on high. Okay, that day, I think it was 500 that Diddy bopped back to the upper room. But after a few days, it got discouraged. Some left and went home. And 50 days later, when the Holy Ghost finally arrived, there was 120 in the upper room. And we know that we can read about it in the book of Acts, okay? In the book of Acts, we can read how the Holy Spirit came down and how things began to happen. And there was all kinds of miracles and salvations that day. And, and, so, and I think today that's what all churches need. They need a dose of the ghost, we need a dose of the ghost this morning. We need the Holy Ghost to just walk up and down these aisles and touch people and just fill people and deliver people. That's what we need. So many times we say we want him here, but you sit on the back room and be a good little boy. Don't disrupt too much. One time at John's, we were having a life group meeting, and I put a chair right in the middle. 
I said, this is for the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, have your way. You take center stage tonight. And things happened that night, didn't they, John? Some good things happened that night. Okay, now I w- wanted to say that after the, the, um, they went back to the Jerusalem and they were endued with power from on high, when they left the upper room, somebody says, well, now, what do we do from here? Where do we go? Where do we go from here? And, and it's probably Peter that spoke up and said, well, I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll just have to follow our example. What did Jesus do? Jesus would, and then all of a sudden, the light come on, and he looked, he said, Thaddeus, where do you live? We're going to your house tonight. Maybe that's where life groups got it started because we know that all throughout the book of Acts, they went to people's houses Every day they broke bread. If I told you you had to go every day to someone's house, there'd be a lot of people wouldn't show up next Sunday. Every day. Are you serious? But they met daily. They had communion. They broke bread. They actually had actual communion like Jesus did at the Last Supper. Okay, so they patterned. That's where they got that after Jesus. Well, they saw things in the, in the New Testament that we don't see today. They, in Jesus, they saw things in Jesus' day that they didn't see. But the disciples patterned after Jesus. And so they just threw their homes open. In conclusion, here I am. Okay, Revelation 3.20. John is on the Isle of Patmos. He's old. Looks bad. They tried to boil him in oil. You know what oil does? Ask Christy. She got burned on vacation. Her finger looks terrible. Okay, they tried to boil John in oil, and he just wouldn't die because God had a plan, like some of these life group leaders said. Okay, he's on the Isle of Patmos. All right, so here he is. It's, it's rat infested. He's deserted. And I don't know what the temperature was. And God is dictating to him and John is writing. Okay, and he said, John, write. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and I will sup with him and he with me. You see, from Genesis to Revelation, all God wants is fellowship. That's all he wants. Sometimes... We, we come to church and we'll say, who is that funny-looking man that sits over there? You know that funny-looking guy? He big, funny. Then you go to a home group meeting and you find out his name is Bruce. Okay, you find out his name. Okay, you find out people's names at a home group meeting. Okay, and you know people on a personal basis. Okay, now, here, this part. If this part doesn't light your fire, your wood's wet. Okay. After John writes this, you see, he's writing to the church. He's not writing to the Christian. So you see, sometimes he knocks on church doors. And it says, if any man hear my voice, so Jesus is not only knocking, he's talking. What's he saying? Let me in. Knock, knock. Anybody home? So Jesus is knocking and talking. If any man hear my voice, I want in. Let me in your home. Let me in your heart. Let me in your church. Let me in. And then I'll come in. I'm going to show you things. We'll eat together. We'll talk. We'll see miracles. We'll see salvations. We will see all of these things. Is anybody home? Then all of a sudden, I like this. I got so excited at home. I did a few little dances myself. Okay, it's afraid I'd make too much noise. All right. Now, he said, John, put your parchment down. Put your quill down. Look up. I can see John lifting that wrinkled, gray-haired head up. And God says, what do you see, John? He said, 
I see a door. And I like what God said. That's the door to my house, John. And you know what he said? Come up hither. I liked his language. He said, John, come up hither. You think we had a good time at your house? <laughs> Wait till you get to mine. Wait till you come to my house. We're going to have a good time. And John got to go up through that open door. And he got to see all of the sights of heaven. And he tried to write down things that he had seen. I want to tell you right now, Jesus is trying to get in your house. And he's trying to get you into a life group that we can grow even bigger by growing smaller and getting to more intimate and to knowing one another. But oh, there's coming a day, there's coming a day when he will no longer come to our house, but he's going to open the door and he's going to say, Mary Bob, come on up, come up hither. I like that. Come up hither, come to my house. In my father's house are many mansions. So I want to tell you, we're not all going to heaven. Mary Bob used to work at a funeral home. And she said, I heard funerals every day. Every day and every day I heard funerals. And she said, everybody was went to heaven. I hate to tell you this. Everybody's not going to heaven. Who's going to heaven? Who gets to go to God's house? Only if you let him in your house. If you open up the door and let him in your house, one day he will open the door and let you in his house. How about you? Right now, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. And I want you to be very reverent. We're just about out of here. You've been a good crew. Thank you for that. Thank my life groups. I love life groups. I've got a heart and a passion for them. But I want to ask you, I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I won't embarrass one person here. But I just want to ask you, if you're here and you've never invited Jesus into your house, would you just raise your hand? You know, you don't have to come up front. Would you just say, I want to go to his house one day. I want to go to heaven one day. But I haven't asked Jesus into my house. Is there anybody? I'm trying to see. Sometimes it's hard to see up here. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see another hand. Thank you. Thank you. See two hands this morning. Is there anybody else? Like I said, sometimes it's hard to see up here. Someone will come to you in a little bit. We won't embarrass you. But someone's going to come to you. And they're going to have a Bible and some information for you. And we just want to contact you. We're not going to bug you. We're not, we're not trying to get you to join the church. Nothing like that. We just want you to come into a relationship with Jesus. Anybody else before we all raise our heads? Anybody? Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. 